Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast, and thank you for joining with us to worship and learn more about God. We are so excited to have you be a part of this week's service. For more podcasts and services from past weeks, or to join us online on Sunday mornings, check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, enjoy the message. Hey, good morning, everybody. You know, I'm thinking 9.30 service is a little early for me. I had to show up at 8 o'clock for prayer this morning, and I'm like, what's going on? Russia's not like that. Um, we like to stay up really late and kind of get up a little late, too. But um, it's really nice to be here in Decatur. First of all, i got to thank, of course, Jeff and Stacy. Um, for inviting me to be with you uh, this morning, and Joe, it's been so great, and uh, the rest of the team, we had dinner last night at El Rodeo, El Rodeo? I, I, we ordered, I ordered fajitas, and I couldn't believe how much meat was on this platter. I mean, normally, you know, it's like fajitas, you get a little meat and a lot of onions and green peppers, but this place is like, whoa, I had to actually give some food away, so... Um, so it's really great to be indicator. Actually, uh, I, in 1993, I did a summer internship with the Decatur Foursquare Church. Um, if anybody remembers Dale Downs, Scott Reese, any of these names, I was with them. And um, this is where I gave my first ever sermon was in Decatur, Illinois. Um, so I have uh, fond memories. I mean, it was actually terrifying. Um, it was a Wednesday night, so they, you know, they were smart to not give me a Sunday morning. Um, but it went okay, and I'm still in ministry today, so praise God for that. Um, so I, you know, I love the smell of Decatur. Um, <clears throat> you know, driving, I'm like, oh yeah, it's like, just like home. And then I fell in love with Crackle Burgers, so um, I'm looking forward to having one of those while I'm here as well. So. Um, well, let's uh, get to it. Uh, I think I have some pictures, and we can just start showing some of those pictures right now. I want to introduce you to my family, first of all, and uh, they wish they could be here. They're always upset when I'm traveling without them. Um, my wife is uh, Kim Cecil, and she is actually in Tipton, Iowa today, uh, speaking at a church up there. And we have three kids, uh, Kayla, Connor, and Caden. Uh, Kayla's in school in Los Angeles right now. Um, she's studying psychology and ministry, kind of a double major, and so super proud of her. And so uh, she was with us in Russia and then has moved away since then, and that was really sad. Um, then we have Connor and Caden, 16 and 13 years old, and they go to an international school. Um, so they're in Russia, but they're in, uh, learning in English. And so it's kind of funny, you know, it's our, our youngest, he, we, he moved there when he was five, and he's 13 now, so he's lived most of his life in Russia, but actually he doesn't really know much Russian, and uh, he's not like becoming Russian or something like that. So it's kind of this weird missionary kid thing, I think, like this third culture idea where he's living in another country. It's kind of like his home, but he doesn't really fit in there. When he comes back here, he doesn't really fit in here. You know, it's kind of this weird thing. So pray for my kids. They need, they need all the help they can get. Um, so let's go to the next slide. I, I want to talk to you today um, kind of about, not that one. 
Was there another one before that? Maybe that was the next one. Okay, I'll talk to you about this one. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's do, keep that one. That's how I felt during COVID. <laughs> All right, so this kind of describes in picture form the way I felt over the last uh, year and a half or something like that. And I, I don't know if you guys kind of felt the same way around here. Actually, I feel like you probably did. We're staying at the Fairfield Inn right now. And I wanted to get in the pool, and they're like, you can't use the pool. And I'm like, why not? COVID. You know, it's like, it's still like this thing that's happening. Um, You know, there's still restrictions and all this stuff, and it kind of, you can't totally live normal life. Well, you know, initially, I mean, it was really, really, really challenging um, to to be there, um, to, to be in Russia, to be away from family, to be away from, you know, people that you are, um, like, connected with, and you can speak the same language of, um, so you're kind of isolated, but you're now you're isolated in a whole different way. You're not isolated, just you're living in a different country, but you're, you're stuck in your home, you know, um, and you can't go see those people in your country that you um, normally would minister to. And so um, it was really kind of this terrible time for me, especially at the beginning, but really throughout the last year and a half. And, and so often I just was asking myself, you know, what am I even doing here? Like, what's the point of being in Russia right now? Um, I felt discouraged. Um, I felt um, sad. I felt useless. I felt depressed. Um, I felt ineffective. I felt alone. And um, I don't know if anybody else experienced any of those emotions. You know, that verse in the Psalms came to my brain, you know, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad, God? And it's like, I knew why, COVID, you know, it's like, um, I I could just point right to it right away. And it just was like a miserable season um, the last year and a half, especially our daughter, I said, was in California. And um, so normally we would see her in the summer, so we couldn't come uh, back to the U.S. last summer. uh, So we were kind of stuck there. And um, so it was just a difficult, challenging time for for all of us. Um, So... I felt like that. <laughs> and um, so maybe some other people felt like that as well. Um, but for sure, I did. Uh, you can go to the next slide. Um, so this is a picture of Kim and I in St. Petersburg during COVID, during quarantine. You know, the, the deal was during um, quarantine, uh, you, you, were, you could leave your house to go to the store. That was kind of a thing that you could do. Or if you had a dog, um, you could walk your dog because we all live in apartments in St. Petersburg, Russia. And um, <clears throat> so there's nowhere to walk your dog, you know, inside. You don't have a yard or something like that. So you could leave your house. We didn't have a dog, but we thought of getting one. And um, <laughs> we didn't get one, but we had a hamster. And we thought, could we walk our hamster? You know, like just get a tiny little leash or something like that. And we didn't do that either. But we did, you know, go to the store every single day. We found some reason. Okay, we need sugar today. Okay, you know, today we need some bread. Um, and then we take the long route to the store now in Russia. Um, there's a store, you know, at every corner, basically. Um, a lot of people do shop every day, um, but we would find the long route. And this is one of our long route trips to the store. And you can kind of see St. Petersburg looks pretty um, cool. It's a very European city, um, beautiful city. But it was really strange. It's like a city of 8 million people, um, but it was like ghost townish. 
Um, very few cars on the road, nobody walking around. Normally it's like New York City kind of, it's like just constant people walking. Um, but during this time it was just very quiet, and so that was pretty odd. Um, and so <clears throat> we, we had to get used to this new normal. And, um, you know, I, I was thinking about the last year and a half. I didn't think about this until, um, until I got to the U.S. Like, you, you know when you're in stuff, you don't really take time to reflect on stuff. Um, so I didn't reflect a lot, even though you had all this extra time, you know, it's like you're just wallowing in your own um, depression or something like that. Um, so it wasn't until we came back to the U.S. in June that I, I started to reflect and think about the things that God actually did over the last year and a half. And I started to become kind of surprised and shocked that even, even during covid God did some incredible things. And, um, and so today, I, I want to share with you um, just some stories, introduce you to some people. I'm talking about some great things that God did over the last year and a half. Now, normally when I'm you know, preaching, I'm giving like a typical sermon. Um, even when I'm back in the U.S. on summer and speaking at churches, I, I would normally preach and then just say a little bit about what we're doing. Um, but this summer, I really felt like God wanted to, to share, you know, wanted to expose you um, to some things that are happening in the world, some things that are happening in Russia and, and in Europe, and, um, and just like to introduce you to um, what he's doing. And then at the end, I'll kind of, you know, share with you, you know, some scripture. <laughs> Is that okay? Can we go to scripture at the very end? Um, I think Jesus spoke in story all the time, so I think I'm okay. Um, so yeah, let's, let's begin to share some stories. So we can go to the next slide. What do we got going on here? Um, so last year, this is right before COVID, um, Kim and I were asked to be a part of a team of people that would help serve Foursquare missionaries in Europe. And uh, it's good that you're talking about Foursquare a little bit, you know, so you have a little bit of context. Um, right now in Europe, there's about 23, 24 different missionary units that are serving throughout the continent. And um, most of them are in different countries. And so um, as a missionary, you know, you get sent from the U.S. and then you land in your country. And, and typically you have to learn a new language. It's very challenging. It's new people. Lots of times you have family. And there is this isolation thing that takes place, um, especially, you know, during COVID, you could imagine how isolated a missionary might feel um, living overseas. Um, of course, this meeting happened before COVID, so we had no clue that COVID was about to, to hit us. And um, so we started, you know, this is a team of people that came together. We just started to come up with some ideas on how we can best serve our missionaries uh, in Europe. And so we began to just pray and dream, and we thought, you know, our missionaries need care. You know, they need connection. They need somebody to, to just be there for them. They need relationship. And so let's, you know, let's make sure that we're visiting our missionaries. Let's go to their homes, you know. Let's look at their ministries. Let's actually be present with them. Um, we thought they need, probably need some more training. Uh, Foursquare does a couple weeks of training, and really a missionary needs a lot longer than that. And so, you know, we're super happy that there's pre-training that takes place, but we thought training could continue as people enter the field and um, for their own cultures, you know, so they understand the country that they're living in. Um, and then also their language, you know, making sure that they're really studying the language so that they can communicate um, with the people that they're ministering to. And so we thought, let's do some training. 
And then we thought, let's do some coaching because all missionaries have different challenges. And um, so, if, but, but if they had a person that they could, you know, bounce things off of um, and just re- really begin to discover how God wants to use them and, and what their strategy would be, we thought that would just be great. And so we just had all these great plans. So this meeting was in Slovakia a week before Europe shut down. So we flew home and um, a week later, we're like, we can't go anywhere and we can't do any of this stuff that we were just talking about. And so we're just like, I don't get it, you know, because when you have big dreams, when you're praying, when you think you hear from God and then it doesn't happen the way you thought it was going to happen, um, it really causes you to ask some questions. And so um, we kind of, didn't get even to the point of asking questions. We're just wallowing in our sadness, you know, that we can't do what we're supposed to do. And plus, we thought it was just going to be three weeks and then everything's going to be fine again, right? Um, <clears throat> but it was probably about two weeks into, um, to, into lockdown in Europe. And um, our area missionary kind of oversees missionaries in, in all of Europe. Um, he just had this idea, let's do a happy hour. You know, let's just get everybody on Zoom. And Zoom was kind of like this new thing, and people were like totally into it at that point. And um, so let's get on Zoom, and let's just have like a happy hour, and um, we'll just hang out with each other. And so we uh, offered that to all of our missionaries, and lo and behold, a ton of them, there's the next slide, um, a ton of them came on this, um, uh, on this happy hour over Zoom. And it was just like this really big hit. And we thought, let's do this every week, you know, let's just start hanging out with each other. And, um, and so every week we started hanging out, just having these conversations, we, and it got more um, organized, you know, we'd have different missionaries share their story, um, we'd started doing some prayer times once a month, we had some worship times once a month, or actually that was every week, um, and so, so we just really started connecting over Zoom um, during this COVID season, and, and I got to tell you, um, I'm shocked, but I know these people more now than I did pre-COVID. I mean, pre-COVID, it was like we would meet once a year, you know, for some four-square missionary retreat, and we'd see each other and be nice, and there'd be some communication in between, you know, um, but we, you know, you couldn't go that deep, and you didn't go that deep, um, but since COVID happened, we all know each other. We all trust each other. We are all praying for each other. There is care going on. There is um, training going on. There is coaching going on. And, um, and I kind of blame COVID for it. I think God really used it to help us to accomplish what he um, had in mind for us. And so um, that's just one amazing thing that God's done um, during this last year and a half. Um, it was June, and you can go to the next slide. It was June that we started meeting um, as a congregation again. So we were on a quick lockdown in Russia. Um, it was about six weeks or so. And uh, first it was really strict, you know, about three weeks, four weeks later, it was like, eh, okay, nobody's doing anything if you walk outside. So people just started going outside. After about a month and a half or two months, it was just, you know, open. And, um, and so we opened as a congregation as quick as we can. Russians' perspective on uh, COVID is maybe different than um, people in America. And so uh, we showed up, we had our first service, and there was some rules. You know, you had to social distance the chairs, and you were supposed to social distance, and um, you had to wear masks and all this stuff. And so me and the family, we show up to our first service. Um, that's open. And we walk in, we're all masked up, you know, because we're Americans, we're listening to American news and all this. And we walk in and nobody's wearing a mask. 
everybody's there. The chairs, you know, maybe they're slightly socially distanced, um, but they were just like, nothing's going on here, you know? And, um, and so uh, that was really a crazy experience for us. And quickly, pretty quickly, we, we found ourselves being more Russian <laughs> than American. And so we're like, oh, okay, we could take off our masks, you know, and um, yeah, scoot our chairs next to each other. And so we, we kind of adopted um, our um, country's perspective on that. I mean, there was definitely like some rules, uh, public transportation, you wear masks, going into a grocery store, stuff like that. And of course, we followed all those things. We were as cautious as possible. Um, but really, it felt way more free. Um, than it was uh, here. And in fact, I was a little nervous to come to America um, because of how strict, you know, I've been reading about how strict it is. And um, we landed in New York City um, back in June. We were there for one day and it was, you know, kind of strict. I mean, things just started opening up a lot more uh, this summer. And then we were in Chicago for a day. Um, and, and that was still, you know, you could sense the strictness of things. Then we went to Billings, Montana. Um, for a conference, and that was like Russia, you know, I'm just like, hey, <laughs> be spending a lot of time in Montana this summer. Um, so yeah, so we've, we've been meeting as a congregation, and um, it's been cool to see God even bring some new people, um, some people give their lives to the Lord, some um, people uh, who are beginning to serve that weren't before, and so God's still um, doing good things. He's gathering his people together. Um, you can go to the next slide. We, uh, we actually even last year did a summer camp. Um, and uh, that's one of those, it was one of those conversations, you know, do we do one, do we not do one, do one, not do one. And um, so we decided to do one. And so this is just a picture of our summer camp. Um, I think there was about 35 young people at this camp. We did it again this summer and there was about 70. And so God's really multiplying that. Um, I'm cooking hamburgers. That's what I became famous for. Um, <laughs> They call them Steve Burgers, and uh, I guess it's because I'm the American, you know. Um, so I love grilling, and so that was my contribution to the camp. Uh, usually I would speak or something like that, but this year I was like, or last year I was like, oh, let's just, I'll make hamburgers. How's that? Um, so made some hamburgers, and um, again, it, people gave their life to the Lord at that camp, um, and people uh, got baptized every year. We do a baptism there. I think 10 people got baptized uh, last summer at camp. And this year, again, same kind of report um, where God is really still bringing people to him. And um, I, I think it's amazing to see that, you know, COVID can't stop what God wants to do. COVID can't stop people coming to know him, um, people being discipled in him, people being baptized. Um, and so that's so awesome to see. And so God's doing a great thing uh, in our young people in Russia. Um, our next slide is a picture of our living room, <clears throat> right? Yes. So this is our living room. And um, we recently moved our apartment from one part of the city to another because our kids' school moved. And um, so we wanted to be closer to the school so our kids could just walk to school. And, uh, but we always look for a place where we can do ministry out of our home. And uh, we really know that connecting with people at a close level, having food, um, fellowship is super, super important. And so we started doing our young adult gathering um, at our house on Thursday nights. And so 
Um, every Thursday, we just have a time of worship. We have Bible study. Um, we just connect. We're trying to build um, up the next generation of leaders. Uh, you can go to the next slide as well. And we also have other things, like we had a, um, an African night. Uh, our church is actually a little unique in that we translate everything into English. So it's a, it's a Russian church, pastored by a Russian, actually pastored by our national leader of Russia, uh, Foursquare Russia. Um, but we translate everything into English so that we can connect with internationals that are living in St. Petersburg. And so we had, um, for a couple, like four years, a whole group of Indonesian students that were in Russia for school. Um, they were attending, and so they could, you know, immediately participate in our service. And then we also have a whole bunch of Africans that um, attend our church. And so this was an African night. Um, the picture on the left, uh, your left, right? Um, and um, so they actually just came to our house. They invited their friends. Um, we had a great African meal, um, did some fellowship and prayer together. And then we also do men's night at our house, uh, and it's always around, based around meat, um, so it's either, again, a Steve Burger or, you know, some other <laughs> meat form. And, um, and again, just fellowshipping, um, eating together, um, praying, worshiping, uh, Bible study, all that kind of stuff. But the home is, was such a great place to connect with people over COVID um, because maybe, you know, some things were closed, but, you know, your home is open. Our home was open. I don't know how it was in Illinois. Um, I know some places you couldn't invite somebody to your house, you know, um, but we could and we did. And uh, we saw a lot of really strong relationships develop uh, because of that. Uh, this next slide is just, it's kind of um, just a story I want to share because I think it's kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> The girl in the picture, her name is Christina, and um, she's the daughter of the national leader of Foursquare Russia. Um, the guy in the picture, his name is Pablo. He's Brazilian, um, but his family, they are missionaries in Portugal. And so um, we do a Foursquare Europe youth conference every year. And a couple years back, they met at one of these conferences and started to like each other, started to mess each other, message each other, started, you know, every single day talking, blah, 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 blah. Eventually, they get engaged, and their plan was last December to um, have a great wedding in Portugal. We were all planning on going. It was going to be incredible, but then COVID happened and shut everything down. And so, you know, two young people in love, and they're just, you know determined that we're going to get married in December. This is happening. We're not waiting, you know? So I don't know if that happened around here at all. Does that happen, Joe, to anybody? Um, so, um, so they figure out a way. Um, they couldn't go to each other's countries because of the shutdown, um, but they actually could both go to Turkey. And so she flew from Russia to Turkey. He flew from Portugal to Turkey. And, um, they, you know, you had to do a bunch of paperwork, blah, 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 blah. Um, they didn't quite get everything exactly the way it was supposed to be. And so, I mean, it's around Christmas time and, and the weekends. And, you know, it's like they're trying to figure it out. And things are, there's long lines. Things are shut down because of COVID. But somehow, through a miracle, they ended up getting all the paperwork, getting into the place that will actually do the marriage and they got married on Christmas Day. Um, it's like a true Christmas miracle, you know? Um, so that was really, real. so we watched on Zoom, and actually the national leader of Foursquare in Turkey 
um, performed the wedding ceremony. So even that was a cool family connection, you know, when you're talking about it's an international movement. You know, it's really, you have family all around the world. And, um, and so they did this wedding, and uh, it, it was unbelievable. And then, so they decide they're going to come back to Russia, and she's got to change all of her passport stuff, um, you know, into his name and all this stuff. And so, but, but still, technically, being married is not a good enough reason to get that person into the country if they're not a Russian um, citizen or resident. And so, but, but they thought there was maybe a chance. And so he emailed the Brazilian consulate and just asked them this question. Is it possible with a Brazilian passport to get into Russia? And just didn't hear anything. And just didn't hear anything for like a couple days, a week, more than a week. And so finally, they're just like, Let's just try it. You know, let's, what, what could happen? We'll just go there at the border. They'll just send you back to wherever, who knows where, you know, at that point. Um, and so they get to the border and lo and behold, they just were able to get through without any issue at all. And so they go through, they get their bags, they go and they sit down at McDonald's and um, all of a sudden they're sitting at McDonald's and he gets an email and the email's from the Brazilian consulate. And the, the Brazilian consulate says, whatever you do, don't try to get into Russia. You know, it's like, <laughs> you'll never get in. You know, it's like, well, thanks for being so slow and <laughs> responding to my question, you know. So they got married and um, then they lived in Russia for about two months or something like that to go through the process of changing all her papers. And then they actually were able to figure out a way to get back to um, Portugal, and so they're in Portugal right now, serving. So God's, you know, God can't, you know, COVID can't stop love. <laughs> you know, God still does miracles um, during COVID. He's still doing things that we um, think are impossible. Um, he still accomplishes those things. Okay, next picture. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure why, actually, I'm showing you this picture. <laughs> um <clears throat> My little thing says, God still spoils us. I don't know. Normally, we would go on um, some vacation like Christmas because we're in Europe. And so we could always go to south, southern Europe. Um, we could go to Cyprus or something like that or southern Portugal, um, somewhere warm over the holidays. And uh, so last year, we couldn't do that. So instead, we went to Siberia. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> In Siberia, our friends found this um, hot springs that we could go to, and um, so we went to these hot springs for a day, and if you're in hot springs, you know, and it's snow outside, you always have to take a picture in the snow, you know, just to be like, oh yeah, we're in Russia. Um, <clears throat> and so God still does spoil, still spoiled us, you know, even though we couldn't go to typical places that we'd want to go, um, we couldn't leave the country, he still found ways to bring us joy and to help us to rest um, and to really have fun. And, uh, and actually, I, I'm really showing this picture because I think it'll help with donations later. Um, so, or maybe it'll hinder. Maybe they'll be like, oh, all right. <laughs> I was going to support them, but now just please change it. Like, okay, thank you, thank you. Um, <clears throat> this picture is a picture of uh, my wife and these two guys. And um, one of the things that she did over COVID was to um, start an English club. And um, so she had done that in the past at some level, um, but 
with her spare time, she thought, well, let's use that time and try to reach people that don't know Jesus. And so um, she made a decision to start this English club as a way to build a relationship with people and, you know, through relationship, uh, share faith and, and, you know, prayerfully see people come to know the Lord. Uh, these two guys are part of the English club, and I'll just quickly share their story of how they got there. Um, the guy on the, uh, on the right, his name is Yura, and um, <clears throat> Kim and her friend were walking down the street in St. Petersburg, and um, they were just speaking in English. Um, her friend speaks uh, perfect English, and so they're just talking, having a conversation, and this guy heard them speaking in English. Now, you know, speaking English is, you know, desirable, um, for people in Russia. They, they really want to learn. They especially want to learn from native speakers. And so um, he heard them, and he just started following them. You know, that sounds pretty creepy. It's like stalker. <laughs> um, eventually, he got it up, up enough nerve to just ask them, you know, where's the library? And uh, they're like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, do you know where the library is? And Because uh, he does speak pretty good English, actually. And uh, they said no, but then they got into a conversation with them. And eventually that conversation turned to do, hey, I'm starting a, um, an English club. Would you like to be part of it? And so uh, he jumped on that and said yes to that. The other guy works at a game store, and um, we were buying Christmas presents and um, a game for my son. And um, lo and behold, this guy, you know, we're trying to ask, you know, do they have this game? And he's like, yeah, we have this game. You know, he just starts speaking to us in English. And so um, we started a conversation with him. And, and same thing. It's like, hey, we're starting an English club. Would you like to come? Well, these two guys have been uh, become really good friends, actually. And um, they've both come to our church services. Uh, they've been to our house multiple times. We go running with them, um, really getting to know them at a deep level. In fact, these guys, when we came back this summer, they're like, please, can we take you to the airport? We want to go with you to the airport. And uh, we put the kibosh on that. But, um, <clears throat> you know, that would, their heart was to just be with us. And um, so I'm asking just for prayer for these guys because they still don't know Jesus um, as their Savior. But they know us, and um, they're hearing the gospel a lot, and uh, we have a really strong connection with them, and, and we're going to be friends with them no matter what, um, but we'd love for them to meet God and um, to really have that personal connection with Jesus, so um, please pray for those guys. Um, another thing that we get to do is um, we serve young people in Europe, and uh, so every year I... Uh, um, I direct a conference for Fourscore Europe Youth, which is it's young adults um, throughout Europe. And so we started about four or five years ago in Denmark. And at our first one, we had like 100 people. Um, then we've done one in Spain. Uh, we did one in Portugal. Uh, last year, we did one in Rome, which was awesome. That, again, was just pre-COVID hitting. <clears throat> and um, in fact, I remember being in Rome and we were doing a planning trip and uh, there's a four-square church there. And so we're at this four-square church over the weekend. And they said, hey, Steve, could you, you know, just get up and share something? And, uh, and I, I was with um, a couple other people. And I, I thought, you know, I'm the, I'm the old guy. Let's have one of these young people, you know, get up and share. And so I suggested a person to, to get up and share. And um, <clears throat> so they said, okay, you know, whatever. And um, so then worship's happening. And I'm, I'm worshiping. And I'm, all of a sudden, it's like hitting me. I'm at the church in Rome, and they asked me to share something with the congregation, and I said no. <laughs> and I'm like, that was really stupid, you know? So I'm like messaging them, and I'm like, maybe I could just say a little something, you know? 
And um, so sure enough, I got to get up and just greet the church in Rome. So that was pretty cool. Um, but in Rome, we had over 200 young people, over uh, 220 young people at our conference and um, from 23 different countries. And um, just really cool event. And then COVID hit and, and everything was shut down. And there was like a lot of momentum that was being built. And we thought, this is just going to kill it. Um, but one of the girls on our team suggested, why don't we do a Zoom conference? And of course, by now, by then, I mean, I was Zoomed out. Um, seemed like most people were Zoomed out. Um, so I'm like, I don't know. But she's like, no, let's do it. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know. And so um, we began to plan for a Zoom conference. And to my surprise, um, over 450 young people signed up for this conference from 28 countries. We actually translated the conference into eight different languages. And um, we had our national, um, our president of Foursquare in the U.S. was one of our speakers. We had a guy from Brazil. I mean, we could ask anybody from around the world to, to speak at this conference because, you know, you weren't, they didn't have to fly there and um, it wasn't that expensive. And so um, <clears throat> what I thought was going to kill momentum, actually, I think, became a catalyst to do even greater things. And uh, I think God is really bringing revival um, to Europe through the young people of Europe. And I'm super excited to see him continue to um, bring people to himself, disciple them, develop them as leaders, and to send them out throughout Europe to um, start new ministries and churches. I, I really believe it's going to happen. The next picture is just of me, a picture of me in my living room um, sharing at this Oh, that, no, that is Rome. Okay, sorry, I, I forgot to say next slide. And then the next slide is just me in my living room speaking at this conference. So um, next slide is just two young leaders. Um, one of them's from Russia. And uh, this guy is a guy who um, will eventually become a pastor. Uh, he's part of a pastor school that we started. And the girl is a girl that said, no, let's do the thing. Let's do it online. Um, and so she's a girl that I've been mentoring for a couple years. Um, she's from Portugal, actually. Um, missionaries there, uh, also from Brazil. Um, but both of them are going to, they're up and coming leaders that are going to do great and incredible things. Um, let's quickly do these next two slides. So this is, uh, we started a pastor school, and uh, we've been wanting to do this uh, as a, a way to bring unity to our movement. Um, just so you understand, Russia is a really big country. Foursquare in Russia is really small. Um, actually, five years ago, there was only three Foursquare churches in Russia. Uh, praise God, today there's eight Foursquare churches. We planted several Foursquare churches, and there's like three different groups that are meeting just in homes that will eventually become churches. And so we wanted, we're, part of our assignment is really to help develop Foursquare in Russia, help raise up leaders, help start new works in Russia. Um, and so we started this school for new pastors, and um, it's like a 12-week program. Uh, we did one weekend live and then five online. And then this fall, we're doing five online and then we'll end with a, an, an in-person gathering. Um, but really, our goal is to raise up leaders and to, to help pastors be fully equipped to um, start churches and to care for the people that are in their communities. And um, so that's a picture of our, our pastors group. Next slide is a picture of our new church. Just started three or four months ago. Um, the tall guy in the back is the pastor of that church. He was part of our pastor school. 
and a small town, about 60,000 people, um, with two four-square churches. It's super cool. They're in the center of town, and they really are trying to reach people who are the forgotten people, you know, people on the outskirts. Um, he actually has a rehab. Um, he was an, an addict that got saved, um, got um, help, got healthy, um, became a, a pastor and a leader of a rehab center, and now he's starting a church, and so it's cool to see God using him. Next slide. This is our national leader of Foursquare Russia, um, him and his wife, and then their two daughters. You saw one of the daughters um, who got married. The other one uh, is living in Russia. She's our translator. Um, but they are um, about to move to the United States. <laughs> They're actually moving to Los Angeles. Um, so even during COVID, God sending missionaries. And this time it's from Russia to LA. In LA, there's over 600,000 Russian-speaking people um, in LA County. And so they're going to go there and start a Russian-speaking church that will also plant other churches. He's, he's an apostolic leader, and I know that's going to happen. Um, and then the uh, next slide is just our new pastors. And so this guy is 23 years old, um, and he's becoming our new pastor when Alexander moves to LA. And um, so I've been mentoring him for a couple years, and it's, again, cool to see young leaders being raised up. Um, if you're going to reach a country, if you're going to reach the world, you got to reach the next generation, right? And so we're really focusing a lot of time and attention and effort on discipling young people and especially young leaders. Um, last slide, just a verse that I wanted to share. And, and back to, you know, the Psalms that I mentioned. Why am I discouraged? <laughs> Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. It's like, there's another piece to that verse, you know? It's like, I was depressed. I was stressed. I was uh, just not doing well. But my hope, you know, was always in God, even through those hardest times. And, and this verse, you know, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. And, um, and that's just my encouragement today for, for each and every single one of you. And I don't know how you've been over the last uh, year and a half or whatever, but for me it was a challenge. But as I reflected, I realized that God still did incredible stuff. And, and I just want to encourage you to reflect, you know, to take some time, get, get out of your, your normal routine, and just begin to write down a list of the things that God has actually done over the last year and a, year and a half in your life, um, through your life, you know, those praise reports that you can share um, with the people around you. And um, I, I, I just think that, you know, even though we feel so, I don't know, discouraged sometimes, um, that God's just asking, asking us to do our best, right? Do what we can do. Be faithful. Just keep moving forward. And, and as we do that, he is faithful, and he will produce the fruit, and he is producing fruit, and he will e produce even more fruit in your life and through your life. Um, dream big. You know, I, I really believe that God wants to use you for significant things in the city and beyond. Um, and, and don't ever, you know, put yourself in a box and say, I'm just terrible. <laughs> you know, I can't do anything. I'm useless. You know, put your trust in God and realize that, that maybe you feel a certain way, but he is still faithful. He is still working. He is still doing great things in you and through you. And, um, and so I just give him praise and glory for that. And um, if you want to connect with us um, out 
there somewhere. We have these cards. If you want to be on our newsletter list, you can um, just put your email address on here, and we'll make sure you're on our newsletter list so you can keep up to date with what we're doing. And we're also looking for sponsors, monthly sponsors. So if you're interested in, in helping us continue to do what we've been doing, um, that would be incredible. Uh, 2020 was normal for us. When 21 hit, somehow our budget, you know, kind of shrunk a little, our, our funding shrunk a little. And so we're looking for um, about $500 a month in, in giving um, to make up for that loss. And so if you're interested in that at all, just be out there. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your grace and uh, just the fact that you are working, you are moving, you are powerful, Lord God, and, and you are not... COVID didn't affect you. <laughs> you still did great things throughout this last year and a half. And um, you still cared for people, ministered to people, brought people to yourself. Um, you're still healing people. You're still loving people. You're still reaching people, Lord God. And uh, you're still using us to, to be your hands and feet. And so I just pray, Lord God, that, that we would put our total hope and trust in you and that we would watch you, Lord God, use our lives to bear much fruit. Thank you so much for your goodness and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining with us today. We would love to pray for you and make a connection with you. So please check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Here you can ask questions, request prayer, find past messages and podcasts, or support Renaissance through online giving. We can't wait to hear from you. 